Welcome to Zichur Daf Simanim. I'm Rabbi Avram Goldar, and today we're Mesechus Psachim Daf Tzadik Gimel, the ninth parak Mishahaya. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, it was taught in the Brace that Rebbe holds Chayv Koras Al Rishon Chayv Koras Al Sheni. That one is Chayv Koras for deliberately failing to bring the first Pesach, and one is Chayv Koras for deliberately failing to bring a Pesach Sheni. Rebbe maintains that each of the two Pesachs is an independent Chiyuv and carries a Karas penalty. Rabbi Nassim says one is only Chayv Koras for deliberately failing to bring the first Pesach. Rashi explains that Rabbi Nassim maintains that the second Pesach is merely a substitute for the first Pesach and therefore doesn't carry the Karas penalty in its own right. Therefore, if he failed to bring the first Pesach for Shogeg and he deliberately failed to bring a Pesach Sheni, he's not Chayv. Rabbi Hanani ben Kavya says he's not Chayv, of course, even for the first Pesach unless he deliberately did not offer the Pesach Sheni either. Rashi explains that he holds that the Pesach Sheni rectifies one's failure to bring the first Pesach, and therefore, and therefore, the card's violation is not in effect completed until and unless he deliberately fails to bring the Pesach Sheni too. Point number two, the Gemara elaborates on the views of Rebbe and Rabbi Nassim. It was taught in a Brisa, Ger Sheni's Gair Ben Shnei Pesachim, a Ger who converted between the two Pesachs, the Ken Katan Shehigdel Ben Shnei Pesachim, or a minor reached maturity between the two Pesachs, which Rashi clarifies that he spread a pubic hairs, Chayv Lasso's Pesach Sheni, or Chayv to bring a Pesach Sheni. Now these are the words of Rebbe. Rebbe Nassim says, Whoever requires a first Pesach requires a second one, but whoever does not require the first Pesach does not require a Pesach Sheni. The Gemara explains that, as in the previous Malchus between them in regards to the Pesachim, Rebbe holds Sheni Regal Bifniatzmahu. Pesach Sheni is a festival in its own right and carries its own Pesach obligation. Rabbi Nassim holds Sheni Tashlumi Darishahu. Pesach Sheni substitutes for the first Pesach. Therefore, someone who is never required to offer the first Pesach cannot be required to offer a Pesach Sheni. And pointing with you, the next Mishnah states, Ezuhi Derek what is the measure of a distant road, meaning how far need one be from the base of Migdash to be deferred to Pesach Sheni? Rabbi says, from the town of Modi'im and beyond, or a similar distance in any direction. Rabbi Yezer says, from the threshold of the Azara and beyond. Now, Ula and Rabbi Yehuda disagree as to how far Modi'in is from Yushalayim. Ula said, what's the definition of a distant road? Wherever he is so far that if he had set out at noon, he'll not be able to arrive during the Shechita, meaning he'll not arrive before nightfall. But Rav Yehuda said the definition is, wherever he is so far that if he sets out at noon, he'll not even be able to arrive during the time of the eating of the Pesach, which is much later. This would mean Modi'in is further away, according to Rav Yehuda. So once again, the three points are number one. It was taught in a Bryce that Rebbe holds that one is Chayv Koros for deliberately failing to bring the first Pesach, and one is Chayv Koros for deliberately failing to bring a Pesach Sheni. Rebbe maintains that each of the two Pesachs is an independent Chiyuv and carries a Kars penalty. Rabbi Nassim says he's only high of Kars for deliberately failing to bring the first Pesach. Rush explains that Rabbi Nassim maintains that the second Pesach is merely a substitute for the first Pesach and therefore does not carry the Kars penalty in its own right. Therefore, if he failed to bring the first Pesach, Beshogeg, and he deliberately failed to bring a Pesach Sheni, he's not Chayev. Rabbi Hanani ben Akavya says he's not Chayev, of course, even for the first Pesach, unless he deliberately did not offer the Pesach Sheni either. Rashi explains that he holds that the Pesach Sheni rectifies one's failure to bring the first Pesach, and therefore, the Kars violation is not in effect completed until and unless 
he deliberately fails to bring the Pesach Sheni too. Point number two, the Gemara elaborates on the views of Rabbi and Rabbi Nassim. It was taught in the Bryce, a ger shniz gayer ben shnei psachim. A ger who converted between the two Pesachs, the kenkat and shehigda ben shnei psachim, or a minor who reached maturity between the two Pesachs, which Rashi clarifies that he spread a pubic hair. It's chayv l'asos Pesach Sheni. A chayv to bring a Pesach Sheni. These are the words of Rabbi. Rabbi Nassim says, kosha zakuk, rishon zakuk hasheni. Whoever requires the first Pesach requires the second one. Whoever does not require the first Pesach does not require a Pesach Sheni. The Gemara explains that as in the previous Malchokas between them in regards to Pesachim, Rabbi holds, Sheni regu b'fneatzmahu. Pesach Sheni is a festival in its own right and carries its own Pesach obligation. Rabbi Nassim holds, Sheni tashumid derishonu. Pesach Sheni substitutes for the first Pesach. Therefore, someone who was never required to offer the first Pesach cannot be required to offer a Pesach Sheni. And point number three, the next Mishnah states, Ezuhi derek what's the measure of a distant road, meaning how far need one be from the base of Migdash to be deferred to Pesach Sheni? Rabbi Kiva says, from the town of Modi'in and beyond, or a similar distance in any direction. Rabbi Yazar says, from the threshold of the Azara and beyond. Now, Ula and Rabbi Yehuda disagree as to how far Modi'in is from Yushalayim. Ula said, what's the definition of a distant road? Wherever he is so far that if he set out at noon, he will not be able to arrive during the Shechita, meaning he will not arrive before nightfall. But Rabbi Yehuda said the definition is, Wherever he is so far that if he sets out at noon, he will not even be able to arrive during the time of eating the Pesach, which is much later. This would mean Modi'in is further away, according to Rabbi Yehuda. All right, so now we go to our sim for Dav Tzadi Gimel, and our simon is a train chugging along. A train chugging along, Tzadi Gimel. So here goes. The Pesach Sheni train, full of passengers eager to fulfill their chiyuv, and not be chayv kares, started singing Mazel Tov to the newly converted Gerem Bar Mitzvah boy, who boarded the train at Modi'in. Once again, it's slow motion. The Pesach Sheni train, train, that must be more Duff Tzadi Gimel. The Pesach Sheni train, full of passengers eager to fulfill their chiyuv, and not Bichayev Kares, which reminds us of the three-way Malchokas regarding the relationship between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni. Rebbe holds one is Chayev Kares for deliberately failing to bring a Pesach Rishon, and is similarly Chayev for not bringing the Pesach Sheni. Rebbe Nassim holds one is only Chayev for deliberately failing to bring a Pesach Rishon, and Rebbe Chananya ben holds one is not Chayev Kares even for the first Pesach, unless he deliberately did not offer the Pesach Sheni either. So the Pesach Sheni train full of passengers, eager to fulfill their chiyuv and not be chayv kares, starts singing Mazel Tov to the newly converted Ger and Bar Mitzvah boy, which reminds us, the Gemara elaborates on the Malchokas between Rebbe and Rebbe Nassim with the case of a Ger that converts between the two Pesachs and the boy, who became a Bar Mitzvah between them. Rebbe holds their chayv to bring a Pesach Sheni because Sheni regal bifnei atzmahu. Pesach Sheni is an independent regal, whereas Rebbe Nassim holds they're not chayv since the Sheni is a Tashumim of the Rishon. So the Pesach Sheni train full of passengers, eager to fulfill their chiyuv, and not Bichayev Kares, started singing Mazel Tov to the newly converted Ger and Bar Mitzvah boy, who boarded the train at Modi'in. Which reminds us that the next Mishnah states, what's the measure of Vederechokhoka, a distant road, meaning how far need one be from the base of Migdash to be deferred to Besach Sheni? So Rabbi Kiva says, from the town of Modi'in and beyond, or a similar distance in any direction, Rabbi Gezer says, from the threshold of the Azara and beyond. Now, Ula and Rabbi Yehuda disagree as to how far Modi'in is from Yushalayim. Ula said, what's the definition of a distant road? Wherever he's so far that if he set out at noon, he'll not be able to arrive during the Shechita, meaning they'll not arrive before nightfall. Rabbi Yehuda said the definition is, Wherever he is so far that if he sets out at noon, he'll not even be able to arrive during the time of eating the Pesach, which is much later. This would mean Modin is further away, according to Rabbi Yehuda. So once again, the Pesach Sheni trained full of passengers eager to fulfill their Chiyuv, and not Bichayev Kares, started singing Mazel Tov to the newly converted Ger and Bar Mitzvah boy. 
board the train at Modi'in. All right, now it's time for Four Blot Bat Chazara. Daf Peitessa, the Simon Peitessa is a pot we use a chalm pot. So here goes. At the annual first brother to get to the chalm pot in Yushalayim race, chalm pot, that must be one Daf Peitessa. At the annual first brother to get to the chalm pot in Yushalayim race, which reminds us, the Mishnah states, if one says to his sons, I'll shech the Pesach for the first one of you to go up to Yushalayim, as soon as the first one put his head and the greater part of his body inside the city, Zacha Bechelko Mazaka is Echav Imo. He acquires his portion and gains portions for his brothers along with him. The Gemara infers from here that Yesh Brera, there's retroactive determination. And therefore, although the father did not know which son to register at the time of the Shechita, it's valid. Rabbi Yochan rejected this inference and said, The father said this to his sons only to be Mazars them in the performance of mitzvahs, but in fact, he had registered all of them. So at the annual first brother to get to the chalm pot in Yushalayim race, one of the brothers withdrew his registration before they shechted the lamb. Which reminds us, the next mission states, People can be registered for the Pesach or withdraw from it until it's shechted. Whereas Rabbi Shimon says, Until the Kohen does Rikas Adam. Abai said the Malchokas only applies to withdrawing from it. For the Rabbana maintained that the Pasuk Miyosmi said they withdraw from being for a lamb is interpreted as teaching that one can only withdraw Mechayuse de Seh from the life of the lamb, meaning while it's still alive. Rabbi Shimon interprets the Pasuk Mechayuse de Seh from the circumstances of the lamb, meaning as long as the avod is still being performed with it. So at the annual first brother to get to the Chalm pot in Yushalayim race, one of the brothers withdrew his registration before they shechted the lamb, because he knew the other brothers would tell him to leave and eat on his own because he had refined hands. Which reminds us, the Gemara inquires, If one of the members of a group has refined hands, which Rashi explains is a euphemism, and it means in this case that he's eating larger amounts of food faster than the other members of the group, can they tell him, take your due portion and leave? The Gemara concludes that they can and say to him, when we accepted you, we only did so to rectify the carbon, which Rashi explains to mean that they only invited him so that nothing would be left over and be disqualified as no sir, but they judged that he would eat the same as the other people. Davtsadi, so the similar Davtsadi is a tzedakah box. So here goes. The pauper who was selling portions of his Pesach to purchase wood for the offering was upset he'd have to rely on collections from the tzedakah box. Tzedakah box? That must mean one Dav Tzadi. The pauper who was selling portions of his Pesach to purchase wood for the offering, which reminds us, it was taught in the Bryce that the Pesach states, If the household is too small for a lamb, then others should also be registered for it. This is interpreted to mean that if one cannot afford the items needed for the lamb, he may sell portions of it and thereby sustain the lamb from the proceeds of the lamb. The Tanakhama says he may only sell for things required for eating the lamb, but not for other purchases. Rashi explains it can be sold to purchase firewood. Rebbe says he may sell it even to have money required for other purchases. That is, that if one does not have enough money for his personal needs, he may register another person with him, and the money that come into his possession are chum, because it's on these terms that Jews are makdish their Pesach offerings in the first place. This means that one who designates an animal as a Pesach retains it as property so that he can sell for whatever purposes he likes. So the pauper who was selling portions of his Pesach to purchase wood for the offering was upset he'd have to rely on collections from the tzedakah box for his matzah and maror, which reminds us there's a Malchokah's Rabbi and Rabbi Zer regarding the dispute between the Tanakhama and Rebbe. One holds that everybody agrees that one can sell portions of the Pesach for the purposes of buying wood since it's for the preparations of the Pesach. They disagree regarding purchasing matzah and maror. They're button prohibited because they hold it's a different act of eating, whereas Rebbe permits it since it renders a Pesach fit for eating, it's viewed like the Pesach itself. The other one holds that everybody agrees that one may sell portions from Matzah and Maror, since these foods render the Pesach fit for eating, they're viewed like the Pesach itself. They disagree with regard to someone who needs money with which to buy a shirt or a cloak.
So the pauper who was selling portions of his Pesach to purchase wood for the offering was upset that he'd have to rely on collections from the tzedakah box for his matzah maror. When all of a sudden someone told me from a sheret said he could have his, since his Pesach was pushed off to Pesach Sheni. Which reminds Rav Yudah said in the name of Rav, we shek the Pesach and throw its blood for a tefu yom and a mechusah kapurim, but we don't do someone who's a tummy from Sheretz. Ula said, we do shek the Pesach and throw its blood for someone tummy from Sheretz. The Gemara goes through a lengthy analysis to explain, according to Rav, what the difference is between a tefu yom, who will be fit to partake of the Pesach by nightfall, and the one who's tummy from Sheretz, who will also be fit by nightfall. Dav Tzadi Ov. So the symbol Dav Tzadi Ov is an exit sign. So here it goes. The prisoner standing under the exit sign. Exit sign? That must be Ron Duff. Tzadi Aleph. The prisoner standing under the exit sign, Ere Pesach, anxiously awaiting to be released from prison, which reminds us the next Mishnah states that we may shack the Pesach for people that might become unfit to partake of the carbon when the time comes to eat it, if they're presently fit to eat it now. But we don't shack the Pesach for them alone out of concern that they may become unfit and invalidate the Pesach. Rather, they may bring it in partnership with others. Rabbi Rav Huna said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan regarding the prisoner that this only applies with regard to a prison of Nachrim, since they cannot be trusted to keep their word. But if he's held in a Jewish prison, we may shek the Pesach for him alone. Since he promised him release, they'll surely release him, as it says in the Pasuk, The remnant of Yisrael will not perform iniquity and will not speak lies. So the prisoner standing under the exit sign near Pesach, anxiously waiting to be released from prison, saw a commotion in the distance as one individual was about to bring a Pesach. Which reminds us, the next Mishnah introduces a Machok between Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Yossi, whether a Pesach can be shaked over a single individual. Rabbi Yudah says it cannot, whereas Rabbi Yossi permits it. The Gemara brings a rise to the taught. Why do we know that we cannot shaft the Pesach for a single individual? The Torah states, You may not shaft the Pesach in one of your cities. Rashi explains that the superfluous word Ba'achat in one is referring to one who wishes to bring a Pesach on his own. So that's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rabbi Yossi says if a single individual is able to eat it, which Rashi explains means a kazais, then it's shaked it for him. Rabbi Yossi wants from that Pesach that the prohibition of shaking a Pesach on a Bamas Yachid only applies during a period of Isr Bamos. So the prisoner standing under the exit sign, Ere Pesach, anxiously awaiting to be released from prison, saw a commotion in the distance as one individual was about to bring a Pesach, while a group of women were being told they had to offer theirs as part of a group. Which reminds us, there's a three of Machoks regarding women bringing the Pesach. Review that says, for a woman on Pesach Rishon, we can check for her alone since it's a chiyuv, but on Pesach Sheni, we make her an adjunct to a group of others, since the Pesach Sheni for her is only a Rishos. Rabbi Yossi holds that a woman is chayv in Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni, so in both cases, the Pesach may be brought for her alone. Rabbi Shimon says that a woman may only be part of a group of others for Pesach Rishon, since it's only a Rishos, and she may not be part of a Pesach Sheni at all, even as a Rishos. Dav Sadi Beis, the symbol Dav Sadi Beis, it's a tzav, a turtle. So here goes. The Onin who is going to eat his Pesach after toveling in the mikvah full of turtles, turtles, that must mean one Dav Tzadi Beis, Tzav. The Onan who is going to eat his Pesach after toving the mikvah full of turtles, which reminds us the next mission at the bottom of Daf Tzadi Alpha Bay states that an Onan immerses and eats his Pesach after nightfall on the day of the death of his close relative, but may not partake of other Kachim on that night. And the Gemara asks what the reason is for permitting to eat the Pesach, but no other Kachim. And the answer is, Kasabra Aninas Dalayo Dorabanan. It's because our Mishnah holds that the state of Aninas on the night following the death is only the Rabbanan. So in the case of the Pesach, the Rabbanan did not establish the Gezerah in the face of a mitzvah which carries with it a penalty of Karas. But in the case of other Kachim, where eating them is only a mitzvah zase, they did establish their Gezerah. 
So the Onain, who was going to eat his Pesach after toving in the mikvah full of turtles, felt bad that the ger who converted hours earlier couldn't join him. Which reminds the Mishnah states that a ger is gar be'er Pesach, a ger converted on Pesach, Beishamay say that he may immerse and eat his Pesach that night. And Beishilah says a porchman orla comportsman a kever, one who separates from his orla is as one who separates from the grave. Rashi explains that he must go through the purification process of waiting seven days and having hazad done on the third and seventh day. Rabbi Baruchan had said in the Rabbi Yochanan that Melchuks was only regarded to an oral Nachri who converted to Pesach. Beisil hold, they enacted this decree, lest in the coming year he becomes Tommy from a mace and I'll say to himself, Did I not immerse last year on Pesach and eat of the Pesach despite being exposed to the tomb of a mace? Now too, I'll immerse by day and eat the Pesach by night despite being a Tommy mace. And I'll not realize that in the previous year he wasn't subject to Tumas a mace because he was a Nachri. Beishamay say they did not enact this decree. They do agree that in all Israel that had Mila Ere Pesach immerses and eats the Pesach at night. So the Onin, who was going to eat his Pesach after toveling in the mikvah full of turtles, felt bad that the Geru converted hours earlier couldn't join him, and didn't know if his doing Shechita and Zerika for his friend stuck on a distant road would exempt his friend from a Pesach Sheni. Which reminds us, the Gemara brings a Malchokas and Marim in a case where one was on a distant road too far to arrive in time to shech the Pesach himself, and others shechted it and did Zerika's Adam on his behalf. Rav Nachman says, Hurtza, acceptance of the Pesach is effective, and he's putter from bringing a Pesach Sheni, and Rav Shesha says, Lo Hurtza, acceptance is not effective, and he must bring a Pesach Sheni. The Gemara explains that according to Rav Nachman, who holds Hurtza, acceptance is effective, because the Torah simply took pity on him for not being able to reach Yerushalayim in time, and offered him a second chance, but if he did manage to participate in the first Pesach, by having someone shechted for him, Tabo Lav let him be blessed. Rav Shesha, who holds Lo Hurtza, acceptance is not effective, holds that the Torah barred him from the first Pesach, just as it barred a Tame from the Pesach. The Gemara continues with each and more, bringing support for his position. All right, now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions, plus three bonus questions from the second Baruch Shabbos and Erevin. Number one, which doctrine Malchus, Rebbe and Rebbe Nassim, whether together converted and a boy who became Bar Mitzvah after Pesach, need to bring a Pesach Shani, that's on Duff. Sadi Gimel, good. Number two, which doctrine Malchus, Tanakam whether one must withdraw from a Pesach before the Shechita, or before the Zerika Zadam, that's on Duff. Pay test. Good. Number three. Which dafti Malchuk's Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Lezer, whether their Chuchuk is from Mundi'in or from outside the Azara? That's on Duff. Gimel. Good. Number four. Which dafti learn that Jewish prisons keep to their word and let people out when they say they will? That's on Duff. Sadiyah. Good. Number five. Which dafti learn that an Onan can tabble and eat his Pesach at night because the ton of the Mishnah holds they will not gozer and eat his Belayla in light of an Issacharis? That's on Duff. Good. Number six. Which daft we have Whether Shechita and Zrika done on behalf of someone stuck on a distant road will exempt him from bringing a Pesach Sheni. That's on daft. Tzadibes. Good. Number seven. Which daft we have Whether a ger that converted Arab Pesach can eat the Pesach at night. That's on daft. Tzadibes. Good. Number eight. Which daft we have Whether one person can bring a Pesach. That's on daft. Study off. Good number nine. Which stuff do we discuss? Who requires consent to be included in the Pesach? That's on Duff. Peches. Good number ten. Which stuff do we learn that a Chabur can tell a member with refined hands who's taking too much food to leave and eat on his own? That's on Duff. Peches. Good. Now the three bonus questions. Number one. Which stuff do we discuss? Tama schus avos. That's on Duff. Nunhein Shabbos. Good number two. Which stuff do we learn about a mabwi between the sea and a trash heap? That's on Duff. Chesen Erevin. Good. And number three, which stuff do we discuss putting spaces between the words in Kriyashma, Litan Revach Ben Advekim? That's on Duff. Tezbav and Brachas. Excellent. All right. That concludes the pop quiz. 
This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zichur wishing you a great day and great learning.